I stay posted in the paint. I'm focused like the coaches, man. I be spitting game. Messed around, got a triple double. Never trip or stumble. SSDLG, that's the click that run you. Got that magic flow. Dirk fade, Mavericks flow. Rack City, don't pass it though. Throw the dime, you can't bag one, no. Uh, it's that 2K flow. You think you hot? If you say so. Ballin' out of control. Oh yeah, they know. I'm Kobe on the mic. Show them the lake show. You see me shooting threes on a fast break. On fire and I use them as my ashtray. My defense force them to a double dribble. Throw a pass around my back quicker than a missile. There goes the alley-oop. Shatter the backboard. That's how we do. This is what we do, SS over everything, you ain't messing with the crew Every single summer, every single winter All we do is ball, all we do is kill em All we do is kill em, take it to the ceiling Yeah, we in the building and we hurting y'all feelings Sensational, we a movement We can do it They do have a timeout, decide not to use it Curry, way downtown, bang, bang Oh, what a shot from Curry with six tenths of a second remaining. Should the Spurs foul? Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History point of bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> you the real MVP. Yo, SSBA, what is up? This is your host, Swim Funk, a.k.a. Swim Dunk, a.k.a. Swimothy, a.k.a. Swim the Loop. What is going on? It is Tuesday, and we... uh. We, we were finally able to record the East preview and um, sat down with Fitz and we talked about some of the, the strengths, some of the the weaknesses and, and just some of uh, what we think is going to, uh, you know, what, what the East is going to look like uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, once again, we went through the bottom, started at 15, ended up at one. Uh, I don't know if there's many surprises, um, but I'm sure a couple of uh, teams are always going to want to hear what they, what we think about their team and, um, where we project them to finish. Um, so yeah, just sit back, relax. It looks like it went roughly about a little bit over an hour. So I, I understand that there is a, um, you know, a little bit of longer of a delay or a longer of a podcast, but that's just because we're going through 15 teams and, and we're, we're getting in, um, you know, a lot of good conversation. Um, so that completes, uh, both previews and hopefully every, uh, Every team has, um, you know, marked what we said and, and what we think are some of their weaknesses. And, uh, you know, nothing personal here. It's just uh, how we see it all playing out. So, um, yeah, let us know what you uh, think. And um, once again, uh, if you if you want to drop us an audio question, you can. Um, you can do it right on the app and, and we will answer them um, in the next podcast. It's just a good way to get your voice out. Um, we're going to start branching out to other owners next uh, couple episodes. I know Sane and Rocky and Jorge have, have wanted to uh, join the podcast, so we're going to try and get their uh, their uh, interviews going and, and get those out. So once again, runs about an hour and hour and some change. And yeah, let us know what you think. Peace. Yo. Yo, Fitz, what's up, man? How you feel, baby? 
not too bad. It's Tuesday, the sun's out, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll. So, um, how's everything going with you? Good, man. Good. I know people been uh been waiting on this one. So it took us a took us a little while to get here, but now we're here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the West was a uh, the good podcast, and uh, you know, nice little episode there where we went in depth with every team, and um, you know, hopefully do the same here with the East. So. Um, you know, everyone wants to hear them, uh, you know, be talked about and, um, have their team discussed. So, um, this is, this is your chance. So I guess, uh, we'll just start uh, from the bottom, like we did the West and and move our way up. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. Uh, so like I said, the, uh, again, you know, like in the West, you got 15 teams, um, and like some of the stuff we took into account, uh, again, with free agent moves and, and, and any trades, deals that were made in the offseason, uh, we took into account progression of some of the players on the various rosters. Um, obviously, previous success played a role, what we know. Um, and then we also, you know, take a look at the coaches as well, too. Um, to start things off, may come as a bit of a surprise, but we've actually got the uh, the Raptors, uh, the Toronto Raptors in the, uh, in the, in the number 15 spot. Um uh, New coach, new change of management and stuff right now with, you know, with Trey being involved, they're coming over from the Spurs. Uh, and it's one of those that, you know, when a when a coach just gets fired from, you know, from one location, you kind of got to, you know, kind of got to take a wait and see approach. And, um, you know, with this, with this Raptors roster, we really look at it, um, you know, his biggest offseason addition was the max contract to Draymond Green, who, um, you know, who's an awesome player, but I, I just don't know if he's quite capable of, of carrying a franchise on his own. You know, Draymond Green is one of those guys that you really want to surround with knockdown shooters. But once you get past Kyle Lowry, um, you know, maybe Ananobi, depending on how you look at him, but I think he's only like a, a B-rated or something three. That there's really not any knockdown shooters on this team for, for Green to be able to, uh, you know, to, to create. When you got a guy like Green and a guy like Lowry Swim who really, you know, both need the ball in their hands to kind of maximize what you get from them, you know, and they're both making top dollar. I think it's that's the highest paid one-two combo in the league. So don't really leave the Raptors a lot of room for flexibility either. Um, I just kind of see them having a difficult time this year generating enough offense to, to truly be able to compete. What do you think? Yeah, the, the roster is a uh, – I guess it's a struggle, to say the least. Um, I mean, like you said, you have, you have Kyle Lowry, who, um, you know, is a, is a top-10 point guard. Um, Draymond Green has always been a player that is, is maybe a little hard to use in 2K. He doesn't really get his full full value. You know, Draymond seems to be a guy that relies on intang- intangibles and, and hustle plays and yeah, yeah. Uh, making that extra defensive, uh, you know, effort play. Um, I mean, you know, I don't really know if you see that in, in 2K um, that all that much. So um, his value, you know, as a, as a, as a play initiator and um, I don't, I don't think you, you really want to be doing that because then you're taking the ball out of Kyle Lowry's hand. Correct. Your, your playmaker. So it really just seems to kind of go against each other. I mean, I understand why the Raptors did it one, one, because they had money and they really didn't have any much else on the roster. Right. Um, so, um, it just, but then you look at the other surrounding cast and yeah, you got OG Anobi, um, who's a good player, but I think, you know, with, with last year with B, 
you know, using him, he kind of maxed him out away. So I don't know how much more you're going to get out of that. You got Wilson Chandler on that squad. Um, who's a spot up shooter. Uh, you do have some decent bigs in Jonas and Ed Davis. Um, Felicio is, is a pretty bad player. I don't really know why he's still on an NBA roster, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really, and then there's just a couple of guys that I have no idea who they are. So, you know, Swim, met- and that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's one of the things when you look at this roster, I remember the, uh, you know, you got to feel bad for the fans in Toronto. You know, they had a lot of optimism going into the offseason with like $100 million in cap space. And and I think you only had like, what, two or three people on the physical roster. So, I know probably, yeah, I probably thought three. they were going to be able to do something. Yeah. Yeah, missing out on DeRozan really hurt them, and it really set them back a lot. Um, and that's, you know, I'm not saying Toronto's a small market, but they're not, you know, a, a market where players want to go and, you know, when, when you when you miss out and when you lose your star and you don't get nothing in return for him. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a tough bullet to to bite. So um yeah, it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough year for the Raptors and hopefully um looking at their future plans, they have forty million um available without cap holds. So uh, you know, they can get a nice little, you know, star there also to to pair it with um Lowry and, and Draymond. So maybe that's the next big three. Um, but I then see. again, OG Anobi is also coming off of a he'll be an RFA next year, and um, you know there's your there's your there's your third max if yeah. you want. So um, you know it, it's just a, a note to teams. I mean, hey, if you want OG, and you know that the Raptors are going after a, uh, a max true. player next offseason, there's your way to get him. Absolutely, uh, from true. a max. So. Um, I think that yeah, I think that pretty much covers the Raptors. I don't really see them making too much noise this season. Um, I think they're they're in a full rebuild, and, and hopefully yeah. uh, they they turn that team around rather quickly. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so we're going to number fourteen, uh, and in that spot we got the uh, we got the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know they made a ooh man they ooh. made a huge move to get uh Christoph Porzingis from the Knicks. Uh, they sacrificed a lot of depth to do that. Um, in between Przingis, uh, Avery Bradley, he's in the last year of his just albatross contract. Um, it's kind of a shame when I tell you that, I mean, the second best scoring option on this team literally might be Frank Kaminsky. You know, that, that's kind of, you know, that, that's kind of what you're looking at with this team. You know, the tough part about it, um, three of his four best players kind of all play the same position with Przingis, uh, Plumlee, and Kaminsky, uh, and then you get the Stanley Johnson. You know, this is just another team that, when I look at them, uh, you're kind of relying on a lot of guys who maybe shouldn't even be seriously getting NBA minutes. Uh, Galloway, Burt, uh, Devon Reed, you're relying on these guys to consistently night in and night out uh, shoulder some of the load and take it off of uh, Pazingas. Uh, Pazingas is a star, a two-way star. Don't get me wrong, but it's just one of those – swim i just don't see the help around him for this team to finish anywhere but near the, the, the bottom of the conference man yeah the, the pistons they they had a nice roster to be honest um you know maybe it was a lot of missing pete like um you know not ill-fitting pieces as far as you know they had booker and they had bradley and you know they had miles bridges and i think there was another guard in there as well that they had um and yeah that that team has really fallen um i never really understood why why some of these teams are, are making these moves and this is one prime example. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I get why the Pistons, they wanted to get out of luxury, and, and so, okay, so they traded several good players um, for KP, but and then they now, – now what do they surround them with? Now they give them Avery Bradley, who right. – what is this playing point guard? Avery Bradley's your starting point guard. I mean, come on. Right. Like, let's let's be real here. And um, it's just you know. And then when when you play shooter, it just like don't get me wrong. I like shooter, and he's he's a funny guy. And but man, too much dancing, too much too much That's trying to to ISO and and taking long contested two pointers. And he um, just don't got the, and the players to do it, which is funny because if yeah. he's playing that kind of game. Why trade Devin Booker? It just, you know, who's one of his best, uh, you know, best creators. But like you said, I, I look at this team, and this is one of those that, uh, you know, uh, again, we, you know, tanking should never be an open thing. But when you look at a roster like this, you know, it's just really not competitive. Uh, probably the best thing I can say that I see about this team is the fact that Avery Bradley's contract is expiring. And hopefully yeah. he won't make this same mistake twice and, and, and pay this guy 35 or maybe even almost close to $40 million now. Um, you know, so it might not be a bad move for this team just to focus on, you know, draft positioning, you know, play as many games as they can, be competitive in them, focus on draft positioning, um, and then maybe go into next season just with the cap space to kind of build an actual team around Porzingis because you're absolutely right. When you put together this culture style with the roster that we, that we got currently constructed, uh, it's going to be a long season in Detroit. Yeah, he, he keeps trading players that he was actually good with. He was good with Miles Bridges. He yeah. Miles Bridges was putting up 20 points, um, you know, or at least close to 20. Uh, I mean, he just traded Joe Inglis, who, who, you know, was one of his good shooters. I mean, maybe he didn't put up a lot of points, but you're just taking another option away. And, and frankly, you don't have many options. And, yeah. and let me ask you this, Fitz. What, what is the Pistons' identity? Like, what, what is their go-to, you know, plan or a plan That's of attack I, I, I can't give you one i, I really can't i you know I really it, it's i i don't understand what they're doing so um you know and i guess they should be lucky that the raptors are around because otherwise they would be on the bottom of this list easily but like saying that just goes to really that just shows just how great a player Porzingis is you know he's the guy who on his own when he gets hot he's gonna he him himself is gonna steal a couple games uh yeah. for this team uh but, uh but other than that like you say it's uh it's bad, man. It's bad. So uh, we spent enough time on them. We move on to the number thirteen spot, and um, kind of surprised, but I actually got the uh, the Indiana Pacers. You know, some people, you know, when you looked at the roster, um, you know, before uh, they actually made a move and, and sent uh, Rodney Hood away for Victor yep. Oladipo, which just just didn't uh, didn't make sense to a lot of us. Uh, you know, was Zach Levine on the team? Um, you know, he kind of had just an exciting. Young, athletic roster that should have been getting up and down the court, scoring a lot of points, but we really just don't know enough about this user yet. Plus, some of the moves he's made already to put him any higher than this. Now, I know Swim that you and uh and some of the other folks in the league were very high on JP. You know, coming in saying that you know this is somebody who should be able to contend uh, once he gets his feet wet and everything. Um, but I, I kind of got a wait-and-see approach on the Pacers as well. You can maybe give a little bit more insight since you've known him longer. Yeah, uh, JP, I mean, he's always been a decent user. I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's ever, you know, really contended for a championship with us in, in other leagues. Um, I just don't really understand why why he trades for Oladipo when he already has Zach Levine. Um, they're, they're essentially the same player. There they're really isn't much of a difference yeah. uh, between them. Uh, maybe Oladipo has a little bit better defense, but – they, they they provide the same offensive 
spark. Um, where Rodney Hood was maybe a little bit more of a better shooter and, um, you know, better defender. Um, I just don't really, I don't, I don't really know what, you know, their plan is either. They got a lot of guards, you know, they're very guard heavy with Depot, Drogic and, and Levine. Um, and then that's really all they have. You know, I don't even know. They have the Morris twins as their, you know, I guess their power forward and Cantor and, uh, Taco Fall as their, um, you know, their bigs and, you know, those don't really do anything for me. They don't, you know, maybe he needs to use Taco a little bit more just to, um, I mean, I know the previous owner was killing with Taco and, and yeah, just that, yeah. that that strong, long body just was dominating, you know, opponents. So maybe he needs to kind of go that route. But, yeah, the paces are that is going to be, I guess, kind of sitting at the bottom of the East. Like, I can't imagine they're going to they're gonna make some huge push. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think where we have him is pretty fair. All right, so we'll move on now to the uh, – get to the number 12 spot. Uh, this may surprise a lot of people, but we actually got the Washington Wizards. Uh, like I said, Mr. Mr. Jorge himself, uh, we don't got him at the bottom, uh, the absolute bottom of the conference, but he, he's pretty far there. Uh, he actually made a trade uh, Yeah, kind of shored up a huge weakness that he had recently. He brought in uh, he brought in Kevin Love. You know, a lot of us mm-hmm. looking at this roster saying – where are the points just going to come from? Even if Conley giving you 20, 25 a game, you know, where's the rest of the scoring going to come from? But uh, you now look at a roster swim really with a big three of Conley, Kevin Love, and, and Rudy Gobert. That's not bad. It, it's, it's really no. not bad. You're staying on this roster. It's just such a huge drop-off. I mean, I think they go like 87, 87, 86, and then the next player the 73 overall. Bismack Biombo making almost ten million dollars, so Ooh. it's kind of it's kind of one of those that he's gone with a, a a max level star-studded core. I mean, the, the three guys at the top are making like ninety percent of his cap, but nothing you know un, underneath them. And it's just kind of one of those. I don't know if that's the big three that I really want to have you know one hundred and fifteen million dollars tied up into, and I just don't know if that. That's the big three that's going to be able to get him over the hump. Uh, you know, that's not even going into you know just the the owner and his coaching style. So uh, you know, he he got that those three guys there, but after that swim, this roster is just really uh, it's hurting. I mean, this is really kind of he's an injury away from being right at the bottom of the uh, conference. Yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, this is the uh, the 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 Miami version of the big three, except it's not LeBron, Wade, and um, you know Bosh. It's it's uh, let's see, Conley, Kevin Love, and Gobert. Yeah. So uh, that's a big difference. And, and yeah, it, it's basically those big three, and then the, the fall off is huge. And and there's just a lack of guard play that I don't know um, if he can overcome. Um, I will say this about George, though. I mean, George George seems to care. He he seems to put in the the time and the effort. He's got scouting reports. He's got you know he he's working with a lot of people on, on trying to get his settings right and. and and he actually, I mean, as much as he, he kind of pushes back on a lot of ideas and, and you know, he, he does seem to at least acknowledge and listen that, yeah, maybe I, I did make, make a mistake or something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I've always enjoyed in, in, in enjoy talking to, to George about his team and he, he seems to take a realistic approach. Um, but that being said, I mean, he has to understand that, 
these these guards, you know, Jalen Adams and Chumpert and Danny they, Green, they're not gonna cut you know, it. they're not going to get it done. They're not going to cut. Um, it. They're not going to cut. Know, it. So maybe maybe he should have went a different route when he was thinking about acquiring another star. Maybe he didn't really need Kevin Love, but um, maybe he just saw an opportunity to grab another player that you know could help him score um, because that was our criticism, you know. Yeah. the past week or so. So I just don't know if, if Kevin Love is – Kevin Love's always been a rough player because you just hit stay attached on him, and that just kills pick and pop. Yeah. And that's where Kevin Love gets a lot of his points. Yeah, so, Kevin Love, yeah, like you were saying, if uh, Kevin Love would be a lot better, you know, in a lot better situation if he had, like you're saying, that, that dynamic slasher, shot creator, which again goes back to not understanding why you let go of John Wall. Um, John Wall, yeah. you know, was a former SSBA MVP. Uh, John Wall, I mean, literally was jumping over people. And, and and that's something that I can definitely tell you with the team. I see them having the ability finishing at the rim. Um, I mm-hmm. really want to see that, that one, like you said, that athletic slashing guard. Because, uh, like I said, Mon Shumpert, he's a little bit past the time now. I really didn't see that one guy that, like you said, going to consistently get into the paint and uh, and, and create for this team. So uh, it, it should be an interesting season. But you know, like you said, uh, George does a good job. Um, he's a good enough coach now that I think that he should be able to stay ahead of the three teams that we got uh, beneath him. Um, we get to that number eleven spot, and we've actually got the uh, the Magic, the Orlando Magic. Uh, Magic made a pretty good sign in this season. Uh, we got Paul Millsap in the offseason. Uh, remember, they got Chris Middleton uh, the previous offseason. Uh, and the guy, Jonathan Isaac, has you know, progressed pretty well. We look at this roster, it's a balanced roster. I can't really look at it and say they have an absolute weakness, but I also really don't see a true strength on this team other than just length uh, and athleticism defensively. You know, this is the team that, you know, if, if Jay Moss would get out and run, I mean, the team's kind of – built for this you know they're long athletic but you know the pace that he plays is just so slow you know just such a methodical pace for him that i really don't think it maximizes you know the best abilities of this roster um so i, I think he's gonna be competitive great basketball iq but i really kind of feel this is one where the coach is kind of holding back the uh the roster from being able to make a little bit bigger jump yeah, yeah, the Magic really um, seems to struggle as far as just, you know, running and pushing the pace. Seems like they're almost kind of stuck in the uh, the old sim, yeah. you know, kind of rules. And, um, you know, when you when you have some players that could take advantage of it, you might need to kind of rethink uh, your game plan, unless that is their game plan. If that, if that truly is their game plan of, you know, let's slow the pace down. And um, I do like that they, they picked up Millsap and, yeah. you know, kind of goes back to – to real life where these smaller teams have to, you know, pay overpay some of these players just to get them. Um, and it, it really, um, it seems to be working out in favor of them. Um, you know, Jamash just needs to play games, honestly. What are they? Oh, and three still or something. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they played any games over the weekend, but I, I was looking and, and, you know, we definitely need to get on them um, as far as getting some games in because we can't keep doing this every year with them as far as, you know, yeah, you you may reach forty games, but you're playing twenty of them in the last week of the season. <laughs> right. You know, it, it just doesn't doesn't really sit well with me. So, um, you know, I I, I wish they could uh, at least keep pace. You know, yeah. every team we understand every team is not going to be able to play twenty a week, but more than three is definitely needed. So, 
Um, as far as the roster, yeah, it, it's it's a decent roster, um, and hopefully some of you know Jamaj's six skills can can yeah. get that ro- get that roster and get them into the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, like I said, it's, again, it's one of those I agree with you. Uh, maybe just pick up the pace a little bit. You know, when I look at Ricky Rubio at point guard, and then you know just all those long range athletes, I'm like, shit, man, this team is just designed to get out. And run and, and you know no look passes and stuff like that. So hopefully he'll uh, hopefully he'll get out the way of his own DNA. Um, at, yep. the number, at the number ten spot, we actually got the uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And the, now the Hawks were busy this offseason, man, uh, acquiring both Damian Lillard um, and I believe they picked up DeAndre Jordan as well, Brett. Yeah, Damian Lillard yeah. and DeAndre Jordan, uh, and got the young guy Marvin Bagley too. Uh, this is an exciting athletic team. Uh, you know, Lillard is going to score. And, you know, this is one of those that Kyle, uh, you know, Kyle Vigilow has always been one of those outspoken guys who's saying that the reason he hasn't been able to win is because he lacked talent. If he had a star, if he had a star guard, he would do this and, and he was going to do that. So, uh, so now we'll see. You know, he's kind of put a little target on his back. But when I look at the roster, man, I mean, this should be a uh, not only a fun team to play with. I mean, this is a team that – if used properly, should be able to win some games. I don't think they'll be able to crack into the, uh, the necessarily the top of the Eastern Conference, but this is a team that if Lillard hits a hot streak, um, you know, if he can kind of recreate some of that action, get DeAndre Jordan involved in some lobs, and then and Bagley, I don't know if you uh, if you played against him recently, but, but Bagley, he's just a stud, man. He's a stud. Uh, seems to have a little bit of difficulty staying on the floor, though. That's one thing I've noticed. I think he's been injured now in each of his seasons, though. So the health of Marvin Bagley probably could be the difference between the Hawks at this number 10 spot or potentially creeping up into the playoffs. Yeah, the, the Hawks are a fun roster, I think, to have. Um, you know, I, I always have it. Um, I've always wanted to use uh, Dame Lilliard as far as, you know, my having be my, uh, my focus, you know, point guard. And DeAndre Jordan is just a beast. Um, as far as rebounds, blocks, and just an energy guy, um, I, I actually did like that move for the Hawks when they when they traded that uh, you know second overall or third overall pick or whatever it was, and yeah, um, and got DeAndre Jordan, and then and then made a similar move to get Lillard, and it was it was like okay, this these rosters seem to be making sense, and then they go ahead and give uh, J.R. Smith a no trade clause, <laughs> um, and it just really kind of set them back a little bit. I don't know if it. I wouldn't say it set them back. It's not the end of the world to give them a trade, a no trade clause, but it just goes to show you maybe you're focusing on the wrong things. True, true. Uh, you know, maybe you're looking at it. No one, no one in hell is giving J.R. Smith a no trade clause, and, and yeah, maybe you just want to sign him. Um, you know, because you you did have uh, you know success with him when he was on your team last year. But you know, just looking at this roster, you know, it's Dorian Finney-Smith and. Um, Alex Sabrini's and, and these are all decent role players, but where's the scoring going to come outside of, you know, Lilliard and, and J.R. Smith. And yeah. you know, when you're relying on J.R. Smith as your, you're pretty much your second scoring option. Well, I don't know. Um, when, well, when, ba- when Bagley, I guess when Bagley, Bagley back, yeah, he, when Bagley gets back, he's solid, but I, I get your point. I mean, once outside of Lillard, again, I don't necessarily see another shot creator, you know, somebody that's going to break yeah. defense down. And, and one thing that, will be interesting to see on a team like this. Um, is he going to use Damian Lillard to create for others, or is it going to be the Dame Lillard show? I remember when uh, when Lillard was in Portland and Rocky had him. I, I don't know if you remember. You know, Lillard led the league in scoring, oh, yeah. I believe, but, <laughs> but team missed the playoffs. You know, if, if that 
kind of just putting up a lot of stats that aren't necessarily contributing to winning. So that, that could be the difference. If if he can leverage the talents and the threat that, that is Dane Miller and, and use that to get some of these other guys involved, again, I think this could be a, a, a sleeper team. The same way I was kind of high on the Grizzlies in the West, I, I, the Hawks are a team that I think if um, – you know, if, if Vigilow can back up his heart, and he's been saying that each season now, if I had a star, if I had a star, if I had a star, well, he, he's he got that star now. So I think he's – Now you got – He put a yeah, now you got potentially star. three of them. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be a uh, – that'll be a fun team to watch. Uh, at number nine, we actually got the uh, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. Now, VZ and the Nets, they've actually made the playoffs two out of the last – I believe the last two seasons um, – this team just uh, – it's, it's a different roster each season, Swim. And, and you know, yep. we laugh and we joke. But, you know, I know he went into this season saying that he was kind of going to save money and, and, and wait for the uh, – just a huge free agent class that's coming up next year. But we saw DeMar DeRozan and Otto Porter both get max deals. Um, I look at the roster. Um, you know, he got the young guy, Vernon Carey, uh, and he bought in this guy, Cunliffe, as well, too. Um but you know, when you look at Fox and DeRozan, uh, that's a tough backcourt as far as as far as spacing is concerned. Uh, DeRozan's a star, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's just a lot better when surrounded by shooting. Um, he brought in Seth Curry, Steph's little brother, to kind of you know help out there, but he played the same position as Fox, you know, so it's kind of hard to have them even both on the court at the same time. So you know, I think me and you had discussed before a lot of pieces on this roster. I don't necessarily know if they all make sense together. Um, yeah. But now he just kind of – he's kind of stuck because the Rosen and Porter contracts, uh, those could be hard to move. And so you don't really have a lot of flexibility. So a lot of this team is really going to depend on the development of those young guys. Um, and, and then he got to find a way to maximize uh, an offense with Fox and DeRozan out there together. Uh, and I personally just don't see it. But, uh, I mean, l- let me know what you think. Yeah, the, the Nets are a team that's always going to be, um, you know, it's going to have its whole team on the on the block. It, you know, never never really happy with its team. He's, it, you know, he's like I said, he's on his on their third rebuild. Um, every year they 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 tear it down before the draft or before free agency starts, uh, and you know they they're trying to make sure that they are a you know have at least one max spot because I don't know if VZ can go a day without being you know, in the middle of it, you know, it's hard to, to sit there and, and watch free agency. Um, I know I did it in season two where the, I didn't have any, any money available. So I sat through all of day one without doing it. So I know it's just kind of frustrating to see all these players go off the board and there's literally nothing you can do. So I think that's one of the issues with the Nets is they just, they, they constantly try and, you know, get themselves in, in position to spend. And when you yeah. do that, you, you're, the turnover is really high. Um, you know, it seems like every year they have a brand new roster. Um, and so there's no cohesiveness. There's no, you know, group, you know, no team. And, and it just doesn't, I don't know that I, I do, uh, respect, uh, VZ's, uh, stick skills. He's, he's got a good game plan. It seems like, I know he always pretends yeah. like he, uh, he doesn't know what he's doing and he's never happy. And if he loses one game, it's, you know, the sky is falling and all this, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, as far as the roster, the, there are some good pieces here. Porter, uh, you know, Trevor Reza on his last leg, Seth Curry. Uh, you know, you mentioned DeRozan and Fox. And and I actually am pretty high on that backcourt, even though um, the spacing might not be perfect. 
Um, I still think Fox can provide enough space where DeRozan can do his thing. Um, you know, you, and you put a you you put Ariza and you put Porter there around the wings there, and, and still you can't help as much as you want. I mean, um, and DeRozan DeRozan's a beast. He's a top you know three oh, shooting guard in the league. Uh, and once he uh, gets on that block or even driving, it's it's pretty much an an automatic and one. So um, I I think that the Nets may make the playoffs, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, I think a lot with VZ is he just has to kind of not accept the losses, but realize it's okay to get lose. It's you okay. Know, sometimes, yeah, we, we all lose. Yeah. Sometimes he, he just kind of, oh, I hate my squad. And, you know, he li- tends to overreact when things don't go as he had hoped. So, yeah. so that's uh, the number nine spot now. You know, now we get into the, the final eight in the East and, and these are the teams that we kind of project to make the playoffs. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, these rankings were done before a lot of these trades and things that are taking place, uh, any in-season trades. But at number eight spot right now, I actually got the Boston Celtics. Uh, the roster, man, is loaded with wings. Tatum, Porter, Brown. Uh, you know, after the trade, uh, just picked up Williams. And, and let's speak more on that. You know, he traded away to Marcus Cousins in the last year of his deal. Um are you do you necessarily think he got the best value that he could have for Cousins? I mean, you know, I kind of um, look at my my benchmark for those deals was was what the Spurs got for Kawhi Leonard. He was able to get back Thon Maker, Jabari Parker, and a first round pick. Um, and, and I just don't know if he get necessarily got the proper return on on that uh, boogie investment. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um... I really think he didn't, he didn't do a really good enough job of uh, letting people know that DeMarcus Cousins was on the block. I honestly didn't even know he was on the block until that trade popped up. Um, and I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe it was cause I, he didn't ask me because there really isn't anything I can do financially, True. but I never saw a cousins on the block or, you know, I guess I don't know how many other teams were involved in bidding for him, but if you're going to put a player like that on the block, you need to advertise him. You need to, push him you need to you know make sure you get max return um and yeah i really don't think he got max return now he did it before the the deadline and so basically the sonics are getting a full year out of cousins but does that really does that really help or hurt his cause you know because now you're you know if you do it at a deadline deal maybe you don't get as much but when you do it as a full year you should get more than you know what other what other teams got so the timing of it just didn't seem to make sense. As far as that roster, um, I mean, Tatum and Porter are just a, a nightmare as far as a matchup. Either one of them plays the, the power forward, small forward, and, yeah, you know, they, they seem to initiate the offense. And that's kind of, you know, how Ocho wants to play. Uh, I never really felt like DeMarcus – I mean, yeah, he got his points, but I never really felt like he had a huge impact on the game when he was yeah. in Boston. Yeah. Um, so – I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see what happens with the the Celtics. Um, I know, you know, they they always seem to go hot and cold. And um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Lately, man, Lou Williams is on the squad, and he did not play one second at least versus me. At least I didn't even notice. And I think and I think he's making like ten or twelve million. Now. Yeah, I'm looking you know at it now. He's at he's yeah. making twelve. You got Jalen Brown with a max just to sit in the yeah. corner and hopefully get him kicked out threes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's, that's one thing that uh that's one thing that could hurt 
Ocho the coach is that, you know, he seems to have this heartfelt affinity for some of the players, and which is what happens when you're, you know, when you're coaching the team that you're also a fan of. Uh, if he can kind of get out of his own way, uh, and I'm not saying that Tatum is the answer, but I really think the key to unlocking this full potential of this team is Michael Porter Jr. When I look around the league at some of the guys like Anacupo, Ben Simmons, this is the guy, Porter, that should be averaging just as close to a triple-double as those guys. But I feel yeah. like I feel like Ocho just won't allow him to fully take the reins. I, I see a lot of my turn, your turn between him exactly. and Tatum. Exactly. That's if what it is. Just, if he would really just build an offense around Porter, I truly think that's what's going to be what unlocks shots for Jalen Brown. That's what's going to unlock Tatum and stuff like that even more. Michael Porter Jr. is the guy that, in my opinion, should be up for all NBA honors if, if used properly. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Celtics are going to find themselves in a, in a little situation here. And they got Jalen Brown on a max. They got Tatum coming up. Yeah, Tatum get paid uh, this year. Yep. yep. Going to most likely get a max. Well, he's 85. Year. No, yeah, yeah. Tatum getting paid. Yeah. And, and yeah, and then they're, they're going to have money. It looks like they got $53 million. Uh, if they spend that money on a max player this offseason, that means they cannot sign Michael Porter Michael Jr. Porter to a back. max deal. Mm. Um, unless they move one of the others. So mm. uh, it is something to think about as far as, you know, how do, how do I want to, you know, Ooh, how do I want to build this roster? And, and, roster and is if, is Jalen Brown really going to, you know, be the, be the fall, you know, be a bad that's decision true. that comes back to haunt him. That's true. That's true. Man, I didn't, uh, I didn't think about that. That is, that is true. He got definitely some potential decisions to, uh, to make uh, in the number seven spot. We actually got a uh, a big rising from last year. We got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavaliers were one of the teams swimming that really just killed it uh, in the offseason. Um, was able to get Isaiah Thomas back on a on a on a sweetheart of a deal. Uh, got Gordon Hayward, and then they just got a lot of nice pieces. Uh, you know, around them, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Julius Randle, Thaddeus Young came in. If there's a big weakness on this team, it's gonna be in the middle. I think. Uh, uh, Boban Majanovic and, and, and Ian Mahimi are the two center options on this team. So yep. this is a team that's uh, just very guard heavy. Um, should be able to get out, transition, score a lot of points. Uh, but they're just they're going to be small. If, if Julius Randle is having to play a lot of minutes at center, when you look at some of the other teams in the East, like the uh, the 76ers or the Heat with, with Whiteside, uh, the Hornets who got Andre Drummond now, this is a team that I could see, you know, game in and game out, just getting killed down low, killed on the boards. Uh, and I just don't know if Thomas and Hay would provide enough firepower to necessarily get over that. But this should be a, this should be a fun team. Alex is always an owner who is going to do good with somebody who can shot create. As far as stick skills and things like that, she does a great job of getting her players in isolation situations. So it wouldn't surprise me if both Thomas and Hay were both, you know, average close to 20 points a game. Uh I just find getting consistent stops, rim protection, and rebounding just look like some kind of huge weaknesses on this team that I really can't see them getting any any farther than, like I said, that, that seven or eight spot. Yeah, you, you did touch on the weakness of the, the Cavs as far as, uh, you know, the front court. is is pretty pretty substandard as far as when you compare it to other teams. Um, I actually do like Boban um, Marjanovic um, as far as a good backup. I don't know if he's a starting worthy player but um he's always seemed to give me issues as far as just um well, sure, you know you getting off and rebounds you will <laughs> yeah getting those rebounds and he he seems to have really good hands as far as deflections 
um, and, and that sort of thing, and, and pretty good defense. Um, as far as their, yeah, their, their power forward is going to be Julius Randle. Um, and one thing to w- also watch on this team is the, um, you know, how, how is Gordon Hayward and Isaiah Thomas's uh, relationship after the, uh, you know, the fall in Boston as far as, you know, Gordon coming in and getting traded out. So that'll be uh, something to see if they can mesh because, um, you know, I guess that's what the uh, the city of Boston was looking forward to when Gordon Hayward signed there. Yeah. Uh, and it never happened because they traded for Kyrie. So um, it will be interesting to see how these two players um, can play together. You got Jordan Clarkson there, who's a who's a decent player, and Terry Roger and Thad Young. And so it's, it's a team that has some pieces. Uh, I just don't know if they have enough to really be a contender. Yeah. Now, when we get to the uh, the number six spot, obviously you're very familiar with this team because you happen to be the coach owner and general manager. Uh, I got Chicago Wait, I'm not Bulls. number one? No, nah, no, nah, not not <laughs> this year. Number one in our hearts, not our uh, rankings, though. All right. Um, I'll take it. The Bulls, I'm going to tell you, man, this is a team that, God, three seasons ago, after they hit it big in free agency with Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony, I think we all had just sky-high expectations for but injuries every season has just decimated this team. And now you're at the point where I think Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul are 36 years old. Uh, they're on their last leg. Uh, they, they just lost, they lost a lot. Um, yep. The guy, Mark Cannon, he's a stud. I mean, the guy is a sniper. Uh, and they got Cameron Reddish, you know, from a from a shrewd trade made a couple years ago as well. He's developing too. Uh, but I think we know this team really at the end of the day is going to go as far as Chris Paul can take you. Uh, and just right now with him on his last leg, uh, you know, I don't know how much more he's got in the tank, but uh, I'm going to let you talk. It's your team. You, you should know more than any of us. Yeah, the, the Bulls are, um, I guess I should say my Bulls are are very, um, I would say, perimeter-reliant. Uh, right now we don't really have any, any you know, drivers or anyone down low that we can really kick the ball in. So we are going to be dependent on, on shooting and, and, you know, as the saying goes, you live by the three, you die by the three. So yeah. um, we've hit a rough stretch here. I, I do like the way that I was able to kind of set myself up for next year. Um, everyone, every player that I grabbed, I feel I can, I can play next year. Um, Reggie Jackson has been a, a huge, you know, nice little bench guy. And also, um, you know, for all these speedy point guards that – um, yeah. CP3 really can't keep up with. He he does provide a uh, a little bit of a boost as far as speed and and just defense. I I know uh, you know CP3 has lost a step or two and and really is is literally just a passer now. I don't even really try to score with him as much. Um, you know I, I'll try and get him maybe ten to fifteen points if I can. But there's been several games where he's gone four points and fourteen assists and yeah. Um, it's not ideal, but when you're a perimeter defending uh, reliant team and that's really all you can rely on at the moment, he has to become a distributor. So Melo's lost a step. He's, he's, you he's know, a shell of really, himself, man. He's, he's, yeah, he's a shell it's, of himself. It's, he really it's is. sad to see, you know, how these careers end up and, and Melo and CP3 are, would not be surprised if they get anywhere from 15 to 20 million uh, next year in the offseason, if, if they're they still around. If, if they don't retire. Yeah. That's what I'm about to say. If they don't uh, retire. Yep. Now, I'm going to tell you something that, you know, has been interesting on your team, uh, the development of Mitchell Robinson. You know, I, yeah. I remember when you when you acquired him and you look at the guy, um, you know, bashed up. Uh, I think one of the young guys that even, you know, had like some anchoring type stuff. Uh, 
great potential. He just seems to – I mean, when you look at him out there, the guy – I mean, he looked like a unicorn, but it just I, – I hate to say he just looks stupid out there sometimes. Almost <laughs> like he's just, he just an all-athlete but no but no basketball player. You kind of feel that way when he's on the floor? Yeah, yeah. His um, He really doesn't have – um, very many uh, ISO moves and dribbling moves are, are very lacking as far as just creating off the dribbles. So a lot of his dunks and his highlight reels are either on the break or just, you know, a defender just breaking down and, you know, not just basically just opening up a free lane for me to come in. Um, right now he's been a spot-up shooter pretty much for the most part, and he's, he's got a weird little shot. Um, it's, it's a quick shot, but he doesn't jump. It's kind of weird. It's a, a flat footed shot. So it, it tends to get blocked a little bit. Um, so he has to have a little bit of space. Um, but, but he's having a solid year. He, he oh, no, is... I think, you know, you're talking about, uh, I think you're talking about Reddish. Oh, uh, no, I was yeah. talking about, um, Glenn Robinson. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, Glenn. Oh, no, I'm talking about Mitch. Mitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah Mitch is, uh, Mitch is, Mitch is a weird guy. He's seven feet, you know, one and, uh. Yeah, man. So I mean, he, just, he looks like he should be the best. Every game, I've, you know, when I watch him, it's like, man, this dude should be the best player on the court. He's tall, fast, and jump. But it's like he just – it's like yeah. he's got everything he needs to be good. He, he doesn't not. have the skills. He's got – yeah, he, he's kind of a uh, a Tyrus Thomas, if you may. He's got all the intangibles, all the athleticism, but just can't uh, put the ball in the basket. Uh, man, I think I played you and you missed five straight layups. <laughs> um, and uncontested, and uh, man, he's frustrating. But I do, uh, I did bump his uh potential up to 88 now. Oh, I did see. send him to the untapped, so hopefully, I see a nice little bump there. I, I would like to see him around 80 if I can, yeah, um, soon. Um, but yeah, the the Bulls are, are pretty much in a in a stuck now. We really don't have anyone on the block, um, and we're gonna have a ton of money opening up with CP3 and. Um, Mello's contract, so we're gonna have close to ninety million um, available, and um, Laurie will be a restricted free agent, so he will be getting a max. So there's really no point in even trying to offer, but you can. <laughs> but it will get matched, um, and then we're gonna go with maybe maybe another big three, and maybe another another try at uh, okay. forming that big three, um, or maybe um, you know sign one and, and try and and go with a bunch of nice you know, cheaper players that yeah. I can build a team Well, I tell you, you know what, if, you know, if the Bulls, if you're going to have almost $90 million, man, it wouldn't be a bad idea for you to try to, um, you know, get real aggressive and restricted free agency. And, you know, you kind of yeah. with a young with a young roster already, and you look at some of the, the young restricted free agent guards that are going to be out there, you know, if you can get a good core of those guys locked up, you might even be, you know, get, you know, get two of those guys to keep with Laurie and actually still have some money left over. So the Bulls yeah. could be in position, like you're saying, with uh, – you know, with Melo and CP3 coming off the books, it's just uh, – I feel for you, bro. I, you know, I remember when you got those guys, they, they just could never stay healthy. You, it's like I remember at one point you had them and Gary Harris, and it was like through the whole season you might have played two games where they were all on the court. Yeah, yeah they never mesh. And then in the past two years, um, Melo has gotten a 15-game or, you know, a 15-game injury. Man. And so I've had to pretty much rush the last week and play 15 games just to get him healthy. And then by that time I lost his jump shot and pretty yeah. much even forgot he was out there. And yeah. it just, it never seemed to mesh. And, cool. Um, uh, yeah. So now we'll move on uh, 
At number five, uh, this is a team that finished with one of the worst records in the league last year, but we actually got the Charlotte Hornets, man. Uh, the Hornets have, uh, as we discussed in free agency, being one of the winners when they got Andre Drummond. This is a team, man, that, like I said before, has got, you know, seven or eight guys on rookie deals currently, all with potential, you know, in the 80-plus range. So this is a young, athletic team. Uh, the guy, Monk, uh, might set an SSBA record this year for three-pointers attempted. Uh, he's a sharpshooter. Uh, and, and it's a good user. You know, I think uh, a lot of folks – you know, didn't realize how good uh, Hoos actually was while he was tanking. But, you know, it's one of those that the guy's a good player. Uh, he's a good isolation player. Uh, he got six man of the year, Diallo returning. Uh, that guy's just an instant highlight reel. Um, and also got Jabari Parker kind of on the rental this year. You know, I think all indications are that, you know, he's going to let Parker go so that he can have room to probably get into LeBron sweepstakes. But uh, got Parker there this year who pretty much is working to earn himself another deal. Um, the team looks good. The team really um the team looks good, man. So we'll uh we'll see what he does. But I I think there's enough scoring with Parker and Monk and then with drumming down low and then just a stable of young guys. I think the Hornets are gonna kinda assert themselves as a potential contender this year and really just focus on setting itself up for uh for this free agency. Yeah, um, you know, the addition of Drummond was huge. I don't even know if he really expected Drummond to sign. It was more of air that got some money and um, you know, let's, let's, let's throw a feeler out there and see if, uh, Drummond wants to come and, um, and all of a sudden Drummond signs and that just kind of changes the outlook of your franchise, um, because, you know, that's a game changer. And, and, and I don't know if he was planning on that. So you have, um, yeah, Monk, Drummond, you got, uh, Colin Sexton, who is a nice little, uh, backup point guard. Um, they just made a trade for, uh, English. So that just gives them another shooter. Another shooter, man. Uh, um, so that 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 roster is going to be rough, and it's it's gonna it's going to be a tough matchup. There's a lot of nightmares out there as far as yeah, yeah. Monk and yeah. Diallo and, and Jabari. Those are all nightmares that those are all isolation players that can just take you off the dribble, um, and then you surround them with other shooters, and they can also knock down shots. So there's really not a lot of help coming. The only help can come from Drummond, and then you leave Drummond and it just kills your offensive rebounds. So um, it's going to be a, that's that team's definitely going to be a tough team to 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 get out in the playoffs. Yeah. Now we look, um, you know, next we got the uh, the Miami Heat. You know, the Heat have been one every season. He's been finishing in that that kind of that four or five spot. Uh, never really been able to get any any higher than that, but also no lower. You know, BX has been very consistent with them. Uh, Hassan Whiteside really asserted himself last season, uh, make second team all SSBA. Uh, we kind of look for him to carry the load. Uh, even more. Um, got Aaron Gordon this offseason. Uh, that's one of the big things, too. This team finally got themselves out of the luxury as well. And they did so really with – it looks like haven't really lost much. Uh, Brain Schrader back. Uh, something I look for this team is really going to come down to kind of the emergence of Zach Collins. He's somebody that kind of kind of in the mold, in the mold of your guy uh, in Chicago, marketing. I just feel like he should be, you know, really kind of that inside-outside threat. But – He's just never really seemed to uh, to make the move. You know, when he got him over from Portland, I really thought, okay, this is going to be another floor stretcher out here that can also play backup center minutes when Whiteside sits. Uh, so it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, this team is going to go as far as I think Whiteside carries them. Uh, he's literally a 20-20 threat every night with points and rebounds. Uh, and this kind of the one guy, you know, with the methodical pace that they play in Miami, you know, with a guy Whiteside, 
if Collins can take that leap this season, I think this is a team that really could scare the other top teams in the East. Yeah, the, the Heat are – I actually just played the Heat a couple of nights ago, and uh, I think I lost by one point. Uh, came down to the last possession. Um, the Heat are a team – I just don't know if they have enough outside scoring or shooting, yeah. I should say, to um, yeah. to make a run. Um, their really only outside shooter is Josh Richardson, and, and he is a, you know, lights-out shooter. But after that, I mean, I guess their next shooter would be Zach Collins. And, yeah, it would be Collins, um, yeah. And and that that I don't know if that's enough. Um, Aaron Gordon is a highlight reel just waiting to happen. I mean, he 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 killed CP3 on a dunk. I felt so bad for CP3 that he had to take that uh, windmill, you know. But it, it it was it was ugly, and it was it was kind of fun to watch, even though uh, CP3 got the uh, the bad end of it. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's a nice little point guard. Kind of controls the pace. Kind of reminds me of a Rondo as far as just defensive and. and you know, maybe he has a better shot than Rondo, obviously. Um, you know who really killed me was Maurice Harkless. He um, yes. he hit some big threes, and, uh, you know, he's got some good defense as far as, um, you know, pl- you know, playing the pa- passing lanes and whatnot. Um, well, this is, another, this is another team that, you know, when you talk about guys like Harkless, Gordon, Schrader, uh, he also got Lance Stevenson. You know, this is a yeah. team that – if BX would kind of pick up the pace and you know and get out and run with these guys, uh, you know it would be kind of it'd be kind of exciting to see. You know when I look at Whiteside, uh, the guy's a break starter. I think he's got like silver or gold break starter. So it's like this team with when you got a guy like that who controls the glass and then the type athletes we got here. I mean he can literally initiate a fast break passing to anyone. If mm-hmm. you can get guys like Gordon and Harkless and and then Richardson for those transition threes. This is the team that should be able to score more points than they are. So, you know, be kind of one of those that, like you said, uh, you know, BX has always played this methodical, structured kind of style. His coaching may not be the best right now for the roster that he's got. And, and that, to me, is always the sign of a true coach. It's somebody who your system is dictated by your players, not you try to dictate your players by what your system is. I think yeah, being able that's to, a good point. Yeah, being able to evolve and fit your talent versus trying to make the talent fit you, that's what's going to separate, you know, the good users from the elite users. And that's something that you kind of always see in SSBA. Those elite guys are able to kind of take any kind of pieces and put together a system that works best. And I really think this team, when you got a guy like Whiteside who can control the glass on his own, those other four guys, man, they, they need to be sprinting down the court and, and get out and get some more of those highlights. So the Heat mm-hmm. would be a, uh, you know, like I said, the Heat would be an interesting team to watch. If they can get out, and get in transition a little bit more swim. This is a team that I think may not be able to come out of the East, but they maybe can get around further than a lot of people expect. Just because, again, Whiteside is that dominant. The guy controls the paint on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it all comes down to who they match up with in the playoffs. Yeah. If they get a, if they get a favorable matchup in the first round, um, you know, they can advance and, and then, you know, need to get it to uh, get five-game series. And then that's when you really see uh, – BX's uh, coaching uh, really take off yeah, as far as in, in between games uh, adjustments. Uh, number three spot, uh, we got the Knicks, uh, the New York Knicks. Um, traded Pazingas, um, which is interesting, but got a lot of depth back in return. Uh, you look at this roster now, Miles Turner, Devin Booker, uh, Jamal Murray, who we got in the offseason, Max Deal, Eric Gordon, uh, picked up Jakob Poto. Uh, I really like him. Uh, got the guy Bridges in that trade too. Uh Quinterly coming back. Um 
you know, for making all rookie. But I think the key to this team this year is really going to be a bowl bowl. Uh, he's mm-hmm. returning. He's returning rookie of the year. Uh, he's kind of already setting himself up in that unicorn type of mold. Uh, the guy's just a stud. I just feel like he's everywhere. Uh, kind of like Bamba in Philadelphia. This dude just seems like there's really not anything he can't do. You know, when you're seven foot two, seven foot three out there with speed, can can pull up and shoot. A guy like this is is such a transformative talent that um, I, I really think he could be what kind of puts the Knicks over the top. An issue what I see on this team though is that uh, you know who takes that last shot? Is it Turner? Is it Devin Booker? Is it Murray? Is it Bo? Is it Eric Gordon? I don't necessarily see that one alpha dog on this roster. So I think a lot of it's going to kind of be a community type play, a lot of ball movement. But the only concern I have is when things kind of slow down in the postseason and you got to go to just your, you know, your one, four down. And I mean, your one, four flat with, and then when you run that ISO, who's going to be the one guy that he can go to for a bucket. Uh, A lot of pieces, a lot of athleticism, uh, really don't see a weakness, got shooting, got defense. Uh, Only kind of thing I see is who's going to be, that lead guard, both Murray and Booker are making money like they should be, but I don't know if that'll be enough to come out of the East. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought the the Knicks had a really good offseason as far as, you know, yeah, they lost Gordon Hayward um, to free agency, but they, uh, you know, maybe they realized that, you know, having just KP surrounded by a bunch of, uh, not role players, but, you know, no other second star there um, yeah. wasn't ideal and decided to go more with uh, depth and have a quality five, you know, five beats two rather than two beats five. So, yeah. um, you know, they do have a nice little lineup here. They, I, I even forgot about Turner when we discussed the the Pistons. Man, that was just a, a hell of a trade for the Knicks. You know, they're getting Turner. They got Bridges and they got Booker. They got Eric Gordon. They got Bull Bull. Uh, they got that Javon Quirney. Um it, there's, it, this this is a nice little roster. Um, Jared Bayless is, is always uh, giving me troubles. Um, I, I just don't know when when you said when it, when they need a bucket, where does it come from? Does it come from Devin Booker off of a screen? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Devin Booker is that ISO player that I think Truth likes to play with. Um, you know, as when he played with uh, KP. Um, you know, Bridges is a nice little player as far as ISO and, and quick and left-handed. Uh, maybe that is their their go-to player. Just when the you know fourth quarter of a playoff game and you, you know you're down two or tie game, where does that ball go? And um, yeah. I, I guess I need to see a little bit more of the Knicks before I can say that they are ready to make that that jump into becoming um, you know part of the top two. Um, yeah. But I, I think we got them right where we where they should be at number three. Um, the really don't have any more excuses as far as this roster. This roster is set up perfectly for him. So It is. It's a nice roster. Uh, and Truth is a good coach. You know, he, he's a good coach. I think he, he understands X's and O's. He understands the game of basketball. I think, you know, he's one of the few. I think he might be the only coach in the league with actual uh, pro. I don't know if he played pro or, or high-level D1 uh, basketball experience. So, so the guy knows basketball. Uh, we're going to trust him. But like I said, these two teams that we got uh, ahead of him, uh, starting with number two right now, um, you really getting into the heavyweight, you know, edition of SSBA right here. Uh, these two teams ahead of him, uh, with the Bucks at number two, uh, Eric Tetlat, uh, you know, arguably, you know, one of the greatest coaches in SSBA history. Um, we're coming off with Giannis Antetokounmpo, man. Last season, other than short of winning the title, man, de- all you know, defensive player of the year, MVP, all defense, first team SSBA. 
uh, led the league in triple doubles, damn near averaged a triple double. Uh, what we saw last year from the Greek freak man was just was just amazing. This guy on his own literally carried this team and, and almost had the uh, the eventual champion Philadelphia 76ers uh on the brink of elimination. Uh one thing with this team I noticed, uh, Brandon Ingram, he got paid this offseason. Brandon Ingram got a max deal. Uh development of Frank Nilakina is going to be key, but you know I think we all know this team is you know traditionally going to go as far as Anacupo takes them. Now one thing to keep in mind, I do wonder if he can find another shot creator because going back to last season when you looked at the stats if you keep on a Kubo below five assists, you beat this team. Nobody else really kind of asserted themselves as being that guy that was going to be able to necessarily create a shot on their own or for others. So it's like when he sits down, it's two totally different teams. Uh, he did pick up Chris Dunn in the offseason. Uh, also Malachi Richardson, another shooter. So, again, he's got some guys to uh, to kind of go around him. But I think this team is going to go as far as, uh, as on a Kubo takes him. Yeah, um, the the Bucks, uh, they're, man, they're. I feel like uh, Eric really uh, gets the most out of these guys. I mean, some of these guys, I don't know if they, man. I mean, he's got Frank and he's got Giannis and I guess Harrison Barnes and and Brandon Ingram, but that's I guess where it really stops. I mean, there there really isn't much else there. Um, but he somehow, you know, he get he gets just enough out of them to uh, yeah. you know constantly find themselves in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, it really doesn't have a center. I mean, Andrew Bogut is is not a- ideal. Um surprised he's still well, they got, in the league. They got Metu, um, that he stole Metu, from yeah. the Nets. Yeah, that he stole for like a second-round pick because, again, the Nets were trying to rebuild the whole roster again. Uh, Metu's developing. He's athletic. You know, he kind of reminds me right now of your guy, uh, Mitchell, though. Yeah. He really uh, – he just kind of all athleticism out there in defense but not really bringing – bringing much else but but like you were saying Tet's just uh he maximizes and gets the most out of any roster he plays with and it's amazing to see him now with an actual superstar and and we saw what he can do but obviously last year that approach didn't work you know that approach didn't work uh he's coming up now uh Giannis Antetokounmpo's a free agent after this season uh yep. Milwaukee's had a tough time Retaining talent, man. They've had a not only tough time retaining talent, but also yeah, tough time winning. Attra- <laughs> a, yeah, attracting talent. Um, if he wins a title, we know for a fact the Greek freak is staying. So we gotta kind of wonder: uh, is the pressure and then it's in the back of the mind, just the bad luck that Milwaukee's had over and over and over again in free agency? Is all this pressure going to weigh down on the Bucks this year? And is he going to use that to motivate them to potentially get over the hump or? Or is he potentially going to fall short again, man? I really uh, – this is yeah, a guy it, that I think he deserves a title. He de- he deserves a title. Uh, he should win it. But, again, the team we got ahead of him, I, I just don't know if Anacupo can get it done on his own, man. Yeah, um, it really it really is. Hopefully it comes down to uh, – I mean, hopefully his luck evens out on the calculator because, yeah, I mean, it does seem like, you know, there are several teams that just can't seem to get any players to come there. Um I, I just don't know if, if the the Bucks have enough shooting. I guess um, you know Giannis is is a creator now and, and can break you down off the dribble. Or then he hopes that you help, and, and then he's got you know Harrison Barnes and, and Frank out there within his ninety three point rating, yeah. and, and uh, I guess that's where he's going to get his outside scoring. But I don't know. I, I don't think this roster is a top two roster, but um, you know the, the the user skills definitely take over and. Um, he definitely um, has a good idea of what 
that his team strength is and, and, and uses that to the best of their ability. Absolutely. So, uh, then, then, uh, here we are. Uh, everybody heard the championship podcast, uh, number one in the East rankings and then just number one in the, in the league right now. We got to go with, uh, the 76ers now. I'm going to read something off swim and I, and I think this is probably going to answer the question right here. 91, 91, 90, 85, 81, 81, 80, 78, 78, 78, 77, 76, 75, 74, 73. Yeah, That's yeah, it, it's a deep roster. The roster, <laughs> seventy-seven or better, man. The team is just uh, that. There's not a weakness. I mean, there's 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 not there's, there's not a weakness. You know, it was kind of one of those that, eh, yeah, they lost JJ Reddick, but you know, if you look at it, Markel Fultz, man, he's just developed into just I mean, the, the guy, just an offensive force. I'm mean, just kind of like we never really seen before. I mean, he's a knockdown shooter who. Quick off the dribble like Allen Iverson, but can finish like old school Vince Carter. I mean, he he just uh, he's a stud. Ben Simmons is you know he's developed to the point now that he's you know should be getting ready to average a triple double almost. Man, mm-hmm. I mean he he's he's at that point. I mean we haven't seen this kind of size and speed since LeBron. And if that outside shot keeps improving, uh, you know Joel Embiid, two time Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, but then the guy Bomber, the guy Bomber, man, I'm telling you, that's what. You know, Simmons, Fultz, and Embiid, they make this a great team. Bomba makes this team invincible. It, it really does. Um, you know, it's almost one of those, you know, they almost have to try to lose a game. You know, when they control pace and set and get that defense set up, man, they're just all over. Uh, I just – it's too much athleticism, too much speed, too much talent. I mean, there's nothing that this team lacks. And the, the crazy thing, all these guys are young. None of the guys yep. I named are, are even above 28. I think right now uh, Bogdanovich, who we picked up along with Caldwell Pope in the offseason, uh, is 28 years old. That's the oldest guy. I mean, this team no. is young, athletic. They can just run, run, run all day, man. Um, there's no reason to think that this team shouldn't not only run through the regular season, but, you know, it's it's going to take an act of God to, uh, to kind of keep this team from repeating. Uh, injury could be a concern. We saw we saw that uh, Embiid went down in the playoffs last season. So even with an even with an injury, the team is so deep. But it could kind of take some good fortune like that to to top this uh, freight train, man. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean the the seventy sixes are when it are what it looks like when the process has been completed. Um, you know that they have uh, you know all these years of tanking and getting all these top you know picks and Embiid and Simmons and Fultz. Uh, and they all progress nicely, and and frankly, they're all they're all doing their job. They all, you know, Fultz is the you know the point guard, Simmons is the middle, and then uh, Embiid is the lockdown defender, and and they all they all have multiple assets of their game that they can uh, explode and and just do anything they want on you. Um, and and yeah, I mean, Rain has done a good job of building his roster, not even going after all these max guys. He's had max money several years in a row, and yeah. You know, everyone wants to go after that one max guy. Well, he's gone after these these smaller guys, and it it, it provides him a, a couple of things. It provides him a cheaper player, and it also provides him a cheaper contract to move. It's hard to move a max guy because then you pretty much have to get a max deal in return. Yep. Not many people want to give up their max guy when if you if you move a twenty million guy like he did for uh, Lamarcus Aldridge or yeah. or Depot. Um, you know, it's it's easier to make those deals just because the financial works a lot easier. 
Um, so I thought, I think he's done a, a hell of a job as far as building that roster. He's, he stayed with his young, young core. Um, yeah. They are still the, 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 you know, the cement and the, the, the base of that roster. Uh, and then he surrounded it with several, um, you know, younger pieces that have yeah. um, supplemented that roster. So it, it's but, been, a, you uh, know what, you, you know what, swimming, you just brought a good point. That's something that I've noticed in Philly. Cause if you don't remember, uh, he had disappointing playoff exits in both of the first two seasons. And, and kind of unlike Brooklyn, you know, he could have been in position, uh, you know, after those first two early exits from the playoffs and say, you know what, blow the whole thing up, trade these guys, get this in. But but he stayed the course and it, you know, and it paid off. So it's kind of one of those that's been an example and a model for folks that, hey, you're going to hit rough patches. But at the end of the day, that roster continuity and consistency, man, you can't take it for granted because it's tough trying to learn new players and a new system and a new scheme and stuff each season. Uh, he's been true to his identity, like you said, and uh, not only did it lead to one championship, but I'm, I'm honestly telling you, I can't necessarily see anything within reason, man, stopping that freight train. Uh, and if it gets to, like I said, a five or seven game series, it just, it's just looking like too much firepower, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's going to be a, that team is always going to be a tough exit. So um, we'll see, you know, what they do at the trade deadline and, and, and kind of just to piggyback off your point, I mean, they, they went after Durant uh, first off season and they lost him. They should have, they could have went after, you know, player B, you know, the yeah. next round, whoever they didn't, they, 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 they settled on these lower mid-level guys and gave them, you know, got two, two good players than one rather than one really good player. So yeah, um, definitely that just shows you, you know, max players don't, you know, you can have three max players and, and end up, you know, not yeah. with a deep roster at all. So absolutely. And then and then as as I show, you'd be one injury away. And, and, yep. and that's it. So so just to review in the East, uh, let's say we went 76 is in the one spot. Bucks number two, Knicks three, Heat four, Hornets five, Bulls number six, Cavaliers at seven, and the Celtics and eight. That rounds out your playoff teams. And then we went Nets, Hawks. Magic, Wizards, Pacers, Pistons, and Raptors. Uh, let me ask you, like I did in the West, uh, if there's one team outside of the playoffs right now, so between the Nets, Hawks, Magic, Wizards, Pacers, Pistons, and Raptors, if there's one team out there that you think could maybe sneak into the first round and potentially steal a first-round playoff matchup, uh, who would it be? Uh, I'm going to go with the Nets. Um, I feel like the Nets are going to be right there and, and maybe make the playoffs. Um, one, I don't know if the Cavs are going to be active enough to to hold down the playoffs, and I know the Nets will. Um, so I, I do see the Nets maybe sneaking into the playoffs. Um, and and I, you know, like I said before, I, I think the VZ's uh, uh, stick skills are are good. I don't, I mean, I don't think they're they're top level, but they're they're right there in the in the middle tier. Um, and you know, you put them in a three game series, and anything could happen. So I think yeah. the Nets may squeak up to the playoffs. Okay, and then let me ask you then. So then between the uh, the playoff team, the Sixers, Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Hornets, Bulls, Cavs, and Celtics, uh, which of those teams could you see them potentially, you know, being all the way near the bottom of the conference? Oh, so moving down? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if I believe in the Cavs um, as much. Um, I think the top six are pretty solid. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't really see much movement there um, as far as going down. Um, 
The Celtics, I think, it depends on how, how they adjust after DeMarcus Cousins. But I'm going to go with the Cavs and say that I don't know if the Cavs can, um, you know, get that seventh spot. All right. Now, if I'm going to ask you now, if there's one player that you think the Eastern Conference is pretty much going to gonna run through in the West, you said it was uh, you said it was Lonzo Ball. If Lonzo Ball is able to step up and carry a load, yep. you think that will be the key to the Lakers' potential. If there's one player in the Eastern Conference that you think could be the – could be the key to maybe somebody, you know, moving up higher than expected or maybe even potentially somebody dethroning the 76ers. Who's that one player that you look for as the most important guy in the Eastern Conference? Uh, I'm going to go with a point guard as well, and it is going to be um, a player very similar to Lonzo Ball, and that player is um, Malik Monk. I think that that player is is someone that can, is a game changer um, with that Hornets roster. I, that, that roster can move up. Wouldn't be surprised if they get into a, some sort of a top three. Um, and and I know that, you know, he matches up well with the 76ers. And, and that that was a dogfight, you know, um, when they play each other. So, yeah, um, I, I see the Hornets making some noise in the playoffs. Um, as long as they get a favorable matchup and, and got his team clicking. And who knows, once that deadline hits, what his team could look like. That's Wouldn't true. be surprised if a couple of other nice moves um, are made. That's true. Um, by that Hornets team. But Malik Monk is a matchup nightmare. He's got good isolation. He's got the three. Uh, he's just a problem all around. That's true. Cool, man. Well, we uh, we went over the East. I think we did yep. an in-depth, in-depth review, and that's good. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. SSBA trivia. I want I got, yep. I got one. Uh, trivia question for this week. And I think you're going to do five XP to the first five people who uh, yep. who tune into you. Uh. Who was the only player that made the SSBA all-defensive team last season that didn't make it in, in year two? So pretty much okay. four out of the five guys that made the all-SSBA defense last season have made it the year before. Who was the only newcomer the to newcomer. the SSBA all-defensive team last offseason? Uh, first five people, the DM swim, the correct answer to that, going to get uh, – an additional five XP. So who was the only newcomer to the SSBA all defense team last season? I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we're in a given mood and let's, uh, let's give away some XP. I know uh, the last time we did this, uh, we had three people um, DM me and those were uh, Rob, Mo, and um, Smitty. So those right. were the three people that are, were awarded five XP. So let's give a, Let's get some more XP out there, and you know that can help with badges and camps, and um, you know anything else that that we can uh, spend XP on. So um, let's do that. Right on, man. Wait, that's all I got. So we done the East, we done the West. Uh, we want to wish everybody good luck. The next time we probably gonna check in. It's gonna be right after the trade deadline. Uh, we're just gonna go over any deals that took place. Uh, what we're also going to do is just kind of give a rest of an outlook to kind of look back on our projections, see how the teams are stacking up so far, yep. and see what we can look forward to getting into the uh, into the playoffs. You got anything else, bro? No, man, that's good. I think um, you know the league, league is um, going well, and uh, you know let's just keep trucking along. And uh, we got the the finish date. I think it was April thirteenth or fourteenth yeah, for season yeah. four, and um, hopefully finish by the playoffs by May and get another season out and starting in May and. Um, you know, keep trekking along, man. We're on season four and hope to get at least six or seven. Um, yeah, man. It's going hey, good. I'm looking forward to this. This next off season is going to be fun. So it's going to be huge. All right, bro. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to Thank you later. You.